We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Yes, 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 indeed. It is a noble thing to do to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl E.Z.D. Fulton, and my teammates and I will be answering your Bible questions and questions about life from a biblical perspective. Let me give you the phone number and the contact information whereby you can call in, which are open, honest questions, and we do desire to give you the biblical response. So, hey, life is going on with you, and we know that things are happening. You're reading your Bible. People are asking you questions. They know you're a believer. They know you're an atheist. They know you're an agnostic, and they're asking you questions. Well, guess what? We want to help you with those questions that's being asked uh, so we can give you the biblical response. So one triple eight as the LA Talk is a number, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. This is a live presentation, so you can start calling in right now at one triple eight LA Talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Or if you internet savvy, you have access to the internet, you can go to our website at Bibleinfobrokers.com. I'll be giving that uh, quite often this uh, broadcast. Bibleinfobrokers.com. And the easiest way is to simply go there, and then you can just uh, tap the button for uh, email questions, or contact us, or you can even go to our Facebook page if you want to check out all that we have, and you can navigate through there. But listen, one triple eight LA Talks is the number one triple eight five two eight two five five seven Bibleinfobrokers.com is the website. We'll be giving it quite often a little bit later. Who are we? You're talking about Easy. Well, I'm talking about my teammates. The one guy here, red, wearing a sacrilegious garment in the um, in the studio, Brian, Mr. Giggles Allen. Mama Rose's baby boy. Why are you out of breath, man? <laughs> Why am I who? Why are you out of breath? Let me get to that coffee over there. You got smelling up the whole room. Anyway, Brian, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I, I sinned today. I did. I. Uh, oh, you did what? I sinned. Well, I, we, well, confession is good for the soul, so they tell me you want to go ahead and confess now? Yeah. I. You know, I, I worked last night from midnight to 10 o'clock, then I came home, then... I didn't go to church. I went to the Ram game, and so. Uh, well, isn't that isn't that isn't that your congregation out there? You know, ninety something <laughs> thousand or whatever. Anyway, we don't give results or anything like that. But since I already know that one, that's okay. Am I still saved, Daryl? Well, we we had talked to professor about that. Professor, that, right. that's a good question. Is people saved when they do things like Brian just did? Well, our own PCH, Professor Craig Hawkins. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm not sure about that one, Daryl. <laughs> well, I, I think it's more so leaning on the Brian side. We kind of know about salvation. We're going to talk about salvation, but I think because Brian is the one. Do you hear that little bus starting up? <laughs> anyway, that's Professor Greg Hawkins, PCH. How you doing, bro? I'm doing well. Thank you. 
doing well, then. Hey, listen, we're going to get to the phone calls, and uh, we see people calling in now. So, look, I'm going to give the number again a couple of times. Write it down. Tell some friends that you are listening to Bible Info Brokers, and we're live. So go ahead and call in right now. Be one of the first few callers to call in and get your questions answered from a biblical perspective. We want to give you what the Bible says about what you're going through in life and what questions you may have about philosophy, religions, world religions, and things like that from a biblical perspective. one 888 talks one 888 Two five five seven. B, you're raising your finger now. You almost poked me in my eye. What's going on? Yeah, I wanted to uh, wanted to start the show off with something. It was it's kind of it was uh, something we talk about all the time. The look on your face, I'm almost afraid, but Craig. You know, I wish you could see this face, man. <laughs> no, Craig. You know how we how you use the example all the time. Like you could have a uh, a person living on Skid Row, and if uh, you know, but they could have a million dollars in the bank, but if they don't. What was that, Daryl? Appropriation. Yeah, if they don't appropriate, you know, going to the to the bank and pulling out or withdrawing any of that money, it doesn't it doesn't do them any good. And uh, it was funny today. I was I was sitting down and and I kind of thought of the same thing, but it was it, 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 with a different example. I was looking. I was saying, man, man, I'm I'm starting to put on weight again, you know. But I think I, I think about I have a stairmaster in my room. Okay, and I got I got a few little weights in the garage, and I'm saying, uh, you know, what am I complaining about? I said I have this equipment here to to lose weight and to get in shape, but if I don't appropriate it, then really, what good is it? And it made me think of, you know, what we talk about sure. all the time, Craig and Daryl. Uh, you know, people, uh, you know, if they don't they don't accept Christ as Lord and Savior in life, it's there for them. But if they don't appropriate it and they don't, you know, accept them uh, as the Bible, you know, teaches and, you know, really uh, it, it's, it doesn't do them any good. All, all too true. It, yeah, anything that's even, that is yours or can be yours and you won't appropriate it, it's, it's worthless <clears throat> to you in that sense, no matter how precious it may be, no matter how ex- extensive, extravagant, uh, what have you. If you don't utilize it, it does not matter. And, you know, it's the same thing in the Christian life, Brian. Um, of course, it's for salvation, but uh, to coming to Christ, but also for those who are believers, not appropriating the great truths that God has given us, not appropriating the, what we call the means of grace to grow in our most holy faith. Most Christians, uh, unfortunately, seem to live like pulpers. They live, uh, spiritually speaking, I'm not talking about financially. I think most of us live beyond our means, mm. but... When it comes to the spiritual verities, the spiritual truths, uh, we live like pulpers often. Yeah, and I think that comes about knowledge. You know that you have your your weights and everything in, in the uh, room. You know that you have these things available, and if people know that they have the Word of God, but here's the problem: Are they utilizing? Are they reading it? Do they have a system? Are they disciplined in this area? And Daryl, you know, it's interesting. It's like it's right there. The stairman. It's right there yeah. in my room, right in front of me. And, and I think of the Word of God. The Bible is right there. You mean that big old dusty thing on most people's coffee table? Yeah. You know, I know you haven't heard coffee table in a long time. Remember that expression? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aging myself here but you know and that's one of the biggest problems and we and we talk about that i think that's one of the impetus why we do this radio broadcast guys we know that uh for the lack of a better term the uh the, the Christian church, Craig, and you being in higher academia is a is sort of anemic to uh it's almost like we we get impotent anemic because we don't 
utilize the things. It's like our muscles, like Brian is making that uh, analogy towards the muscles. If we don't have a discipline about our spiritual life, then therefore we have atrophy when it comes down to uh, our spiritual things. Well, that's a great point, Daryl. Think of somebody who's broken an arm or a leg, and at least in the old days, they put it in a cast, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember and, I then, and then they take it off six months later, whatever, and the arm is like, mm, what? Mm-hmm. Or the leg, you're like, what happened? Yeah. It's atrophied. It's it shri- well, not quite shriveled up, but it's really small compared to the other limb, and, and, and that's because it's not been used. And so spiritually speaking, many Christians are in an atrophied, anemic state because they don't feed upon the Word of God, they don't have any prayer life worth mentioning, and uh, fellowship, communion, and all the things that are vital to our, our maturation, to making us strong, not just surviving, but thriving in the Lord. That, that Daryl, that's so true. I love that word maturation, too. That word maturation is huge, i.e. I. sanctification being built up in those things and your most holy faith, as we say. And with atrophy, I mean, how, how, do you, how do you build those muscles up again? You start exercising. Absolutely. You start using it yeah. every day, every what's, what's day. The, what's the word sweat when you're studying the word? Uh, to get with spadazzo, uh, to, to actually get into it, to actually put some grind to it. You know, like we, I'm looking at this uniform you're wearing. Those guys can't get on that football field without a grinding uh, regimen. <laughs> to right. get them uh, physically ready. And like you know, like the professor just said, you know, if you just start getting into the Word of God, if you start yes. praying, yes. you're going to grow, and it's going to, you know, spiritually you're going to grow big, big well, time. absolutely, and that's where we do develop spiritual muscles, if you will. And, and think about that. I was actually teaching today, and it's talking about, you know, salvation, clearly eternal life, uh, going to heaven is a gift from God. Uh, God does that from first to last. We don't pay... Uh, we don't put in anything on that. That is all first to last God, our salvation. But sanctification, moving from what's called positional righteousness or holiness, which God has already imputed or given to us, to practical, day-to-day holiness, that's a struggle. I was just reading a, a section from uh, White, uh, White's, the great Greek scholar, and uh, I just read his part, and actually, uh, Mu, M-O-O, uh, his commentary on Romans as well, and they're just talking about the struggle of sanctification. It's a struggle. And that's why Philippians 2, uh, 9, 10, and 11 talks about, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. So we're not saying salvation is work from. Salvation is a gift. We produce good fruit not because it saves us, but because we are saved. It's not the root, it's the fruit. It's not the cause, it's the effect. It it's not for, but it's from salvation. Those aren't quite little, you know, sayings there. Those are profound truths, but it is a battle. It is a struggle. And also, you read good commentaries, and you read First John chapter 2. What's the Messiah of the mature believer? How do they show the, the, the victory and, and the Christian life? It's by knowing the Word of God, knowing and appropriating mm-hmm. the people. So they, the church becomes anti-intellectual. Oh, that's just knowledge. Like, oh, and, it, and knowledge is bad? What did Peter say? Add to your faith. Holiness, and he puts on the list knowledge. Knowledge is not bad, but it's not enough. You've got to appropriate. Indeed, uh, a guy named Aquinas said, knowledge does not entail belief. And so it, you've got to know it, but you need to apply it. And that's where the spiritual workout comes in. That's where the spiritual muscles are exercised. That's where we become strong men and women of God, by exercising uh, um play on words there, by exercising our, our, our spiritual muscles to become men and women who are really mature in Christ and who become strong 
on our, and can be valiant in battle uh, because of their strength spiritually in the Lord. And yes, when we're weak, we're strong, but His strength is made perfect in us. Yes, yes. But we need to exercise the things that God has already given to us. Absolutely, 100% correct, Craig. As I'm looking at the callers calling in and we have some of the questions up, I'm going to go to George right now because it's sort of like a good segue into what we're talking about right now to sort of like um, put a cap on this um, this subject matter and what seals it for us. Uh, George from the city of Redlands. George, thanks for calling in and holding on. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. My question is um, I get confused at times when I go to church and I have the pastor saying that um, – if you confess and repent, that God will forgive your sins automatically right there and then. But I feel that um, the regeneration comes from God, and God has the ultimate authority to say who he forgives and who is saved, and the pastor does not. Mm. You know what, before, before Brian, you, you touched that, you use a word, George, and I just want to know, is that the word you want to use, the word feel? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Oh, okay. I, 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 want, I jumped on your parade. Go ahead, Brian. Well, well the reason is what what the pastor's doing. The pastor's quoting God's word. Okay, he's he's not saying. I mean, he's he's basically. It sounds like what you're saying is that he is uh, basically repeating what the word of God is telling is, is saying. I, am I correct in that, uh, George? Uh, no, no. Actually, he's telling God what to do because. I feel that uh, the regeneration comes from God, and He's the ultimate um, authority of who is saved. Okay, but what uh, what what, what is He? Spirit. I'm sorry, Judge. What is He saying that makes you makes you think that? Because it says if you uh, if you confess and uh, repent, your name will be written in the book of life. But I think that God has the authority to do that, not not a pastor. But but it is the Holy Spirit, and it is God that's doing it. But the pastor is basically just repeating what the Scriptures are saying. And your name is already written before the foundation of the world. So it's almost like you're tying something, an extra step in there, George, that may not be a, it may be a more feeling issue than it is a contextually correct issue. Craig? Okay. So, uh, so you do not need to be regenerated before you just confess it and you will be written the book of life. Go ahead, PCH. Go ahead. There's two issues here. Regeneration refers to being born again, to becoming a Christian in the first place. Right, that's a still But God has told us, for example, if you confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So, yeah, uh, the pastor, uh, a pastor or a Christian has no authority on their own, but their authority is in obeying God, and when God says to you, I've given you authority, if God delegates that authority to you, then you have the authority. It doesn't originate from ourselves, but we're simply doing what God told us to do and that he would honor. So the first issue is someone coming to Christ. And so, for example, in uh, you know, John 3, 20, uh, 6, 23 and 6, 46, yeah. also in 1 John 3, uh, 23, where God tells us we're to believe on Jesus Christ. But he also tells right. us, we'll do this, that our sins will be forgiven. And so Acts exactly. 2.38, if we repent and uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, our sins are going to be forgiven, be removed from us. So that's number one. Well, but but my both, question is... Well, just a second. Mm-hmm. And both for the, the person who's just becoming a believer, but the Christian who sins, uh, what does God tell us? So let me just quote two passages and let you respond. So Jesus yes. told the apostles, he said, for example... In John 20, 21, and then 22. 
Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So please notice, if a pastor says your sins are forgiven or not forgiven, the pastor has no authority in and of themselves. Actually, in the Greek text, what it really reads is, if you forgive anyone's sins, they are already forgiven. And if you don't forgive them, they are already not forgiven. So all the pastor, all Christian does is speak what God has already said. And God's told us if a person genuinely repents of their sin, believer or non-believer, that God will forgive them. And just one more passage here on this, and then let you comment again, um, George. So uh, this one comes from 1 John. We were just reading John. Now I go to a little epistle called 1 John. And we're, we're also told this, for example, in 1 John chapter 1, uh, it says, for example, um, here we go. Uh, yeah. Um, verse 7 through 10. 1 John 1, 7 through 10. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us, indeed keeps purifying us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, literally keeps on cleansing us of our sins, and purifies us from all unrighteousness. So when a pastor does this, and not just a pastor, when a Christian says this to another Christian, in light yes. of 1 John 1, 9, and in light of, in particular again, John 20, 22, they're only doing what God told them to do, and they can be confident that that person's sins are forgiven because God has already forgiven them, and they're just making the pronouncement for what God said he's already done. George, Is it possible for a person to confess without the regeneration, or does a person have to be regenerated, his eyes open, to see his sinful stage? Well, there's a debate about yeah. that among Calvinists and non-Calvinists. What I would, it's a great question. I would just say it this way. No one can do it without the work of God, without mm-hmm. the work of the Holy Spirit. According to John, again, John 16, 8 through 11, it's the Holy Spirit who convicts the world, indeed all of us, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So anytime anybody repents, it's already because the Holy Spirit is working upon them, drawing them to ask for forgiveness and to repent. That is the work of God, and no one does that without God, whether one is not saved yet or is a believer. That's only done by the power of God, specifically the yes. Holy Spirit. Okay? Thank you. And uh, John 3.16, it says, uh, For God so right. loved the world, yeah. that he gave his, his son right. out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Whoever it's believes on him. It's, it's only for those who repent. But you're right, but, there, you, but one does have to repent. Um, yeah, yeah but it's not, it's not actually, it's really not for everybody. It's only for those who repent. Well, but the, okay, but there's It's available. Yeah, it's available for everybody. Because well, the atonement was uh, a complete atonement. It was not a partial atonement for okay, those. Okay, well, now I know yeah, you're not going. You're, you're, you're just going to start arguing the Calvinist position. I understand that. So, you, yeah, but I get it's that. It's not a Calvinist. It's a biblical oh. issue. It's, it's not a Calvinist. Well, uh, yeah, I know. It's your view. You believe it's I, I'm not a Calvinist. No, I'm a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Well, I get that. But the, the, either way, uh, I, I'm, we're completely conversant with the views. Either way, w- the point is, yes, indeed, uh, it is only for those who repent. Now, the question is, can everybody repent, or is it only the elect? And that's a subject for another yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, no, no, it's, uh, I, I think it's only we're, the we're done, who guys. We need to move on. Yeah, we George, need to move God, on. No, I got you. George, no, George, we, George, we understand. We understand. 
Hey, George, hold on for a second. George, George, hold on for a second, George. Hold on for a second. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, George, but yes, when when we deal with the issue that you had on hand uh, to try to get into a debate about an issue that we've dealt with for countless many times, and we will continue to deal with it, but not at this particular time because we gave you a, a couple of questions there to try to straighten out some issues that you had called about. We do want to move on to other questions, and we do appreciate your call. But again, uh, if, if you're interested in getting your views to us, please feel free to email it to us. You can go right to our website and put contact us and send us all the thoughts you want on it. Brian, myself, Professor, we get to those those things uh, when we when we can, and we we would love to hear what you think about those things. Craig, Brian, one triple eight LA talks is the number one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Or the website I just gave at Bible Info Brokers, you can go on there and uh, send us an email, or even navigate to our Facebook page and send us a Facebook question as well. Uh, let's go to the city of Long Beach. I call it the LBC and talk to Randy. Randy, thanks for holding on and calling in. How you guys doing? Doing all right, Randy. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. My my question has to do with something that, that Brian uh, confessed to. See, one of the things that one of the thing one of the things interesting, Randy, when you when you even think about Brian and say his name, that that carries the same thing that uh, Craig and I do quite often. Kind of chuckle, kind of chuckle. But go ahead, Brian. Stop messing with the equipment. <laughs> I've known Brian for probably 20 years. I've been listening to you guys since, since you've been on the air back poor, back in the mid-'90s. Poor know. baby, poor baby. Go ahead, Randy. What's your question for tonight? <laughs> did, he, did he say that he attended the Rams game? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. What, what was that, Randy? Oh, man. And, and, and then you, you, you asked the uh, uh, professor to, uh, to answer that question. I'd like to take the professor's place in answering this question. This is an easy one. This is a slam dunk. <laughs> and I told you when I met you 20 years ago, you wouldn't say. Well, he's not safe now, but he ultimately, I think he's going to be in. The, I think he's going to be there. <laughs> Randy has no. I can cut him off right now. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, Randy, you feel free to call anytime, brother. Amen. <laughs> Boy. That's cold, Randy. 20 years, huh, brother. That's, see, Brian, that's how it yeah. feels. You heard the bus uh, starting up when Randy started to talk? Heard a bus. Uh, that's all right. Yeah. Hey, I Randy. Won't, I, won't tell, I won't tell stories about Randy. Hey, Randy, thanks for your call, brother. <laughs> hey, Randy, it's good hearing your voice, man. Hey, hey Brian, you, you turned me on the legal shield 20 years ago, I think. And uh, we met at the golf course over there in, in Clarkson. Wait, wait, what was oh, Brian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was he doing at the golf course? Hey, <laughs> as long as you didn't meet at a Rams game, it's okay. There you go. There you go. Hey, Randy, appreciate <laughs> your phone call, brother. Thank you very much, man. That would have been a fan. <laughs> oh my All God, right, he's on it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Take Randy. Take care, Randy. Ladies and gentlemen, just like just like Randy, but a little bit more. If you have a question for us, uh, any kind of question about life, but not necessarily about Brian's life, but we want to give you a biblical response, folks. And again, you know, you're going through things. You're actually reading your Bible. I, I trust and pray, and you got some questions. You're going to be going to work uh, tomorrow. You got the holidays, uh, you know, coming up. Summer is ending. School is uh, getting ready to take place. I mean, Life is happening, folks, and if you have a question about uh, the things that's going on in life and want to know what the Bible says about it, please give us a, a call. Take an opportunity to do it in the beginning of the broadcast so that when we get later on, you know, probably inundated with some calls that you won't get uh, rejected as far as that. And that number, go ahead, Brian. No, Jeff, they want to uh, 
email us a question? Where, where can they? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give that information as well. But uh, the number I would like them to go ahead and take advantage of right now is toll free, as Brian says, not on our dime, as though people use dimes now to make phone calls. But it's one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Go ahead and call in now. Take an opportunity to call in at one triple eight LA Talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven, and Brian, go ahead and give them the information about the website and the email too. Yeah, they can email us. They can go to the same website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, and they can uh, just click on the link uh, about asking a question. You can type it in there and uh, hit enter, and we'll get it. Uh, again, so that's BibleInfoBrokers.com, and uh, and when you're on the site, there's a lot of good stuff on there, a lot navigate of good information. Yeah. Just navigate through there. You can listen to old broadcasts, archive. Oh, gosh, I think Daryl, now we have like three years of broadcasts on there. So, but I do have a question that that it came up, uh, Daryl and Craig, and it was interesting on one, and I never heard that. I mean, 20 years on, on, on the broadcast, I have not heard this question before. And it basically, of everything going on with uh, Irma and Harvey mm-hmm. and all that, it said, does Satan control the weather? And that was a good question. I never heard that before. Well, it's interesting that you say that. The first thing that comes to my mind is Job 38 and 39. But um, I, I, I just, be honest with you, I don't know. And, Professor, if you have any information about Satan controlling the weather or being allowed to control it to some extent, then I would love to hear it because I just don't know of it. And Daryl, I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of look at it that way. You know, Satan can't do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. But no, we, yeah. we got that part. I'm, I'm really interested, uh, Professor, about um, can Satan, and since we own Satan, can Satan control the weather to that extent? Does he have some kind of authority to do that from God? And also, can Satan bless? Since we own Satan, for one, let's, let's get some Satan questions out of here. PCH. <laughs> Since you're, since you're so familiar with Satan, PCH, oh, you know, write those, write those books about witchcraft and everything. Oh, you should know all about this, bro. Oh, What's up? I'm trying to cast them out. <laughs> no, 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 not me. Craig, he's throwing you under the bus now. No, that's a legitimate question. No, PCH, you know, <laughs> hey, you know me better than that, sir. And he got a grin on his face. That, that's a permanent <laughs> smile. That's just like, you know, that's just I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm in one of those giant truck stops where all those trucks stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, if a truck, it'd be me, but as a bus, it'd be Brian. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, yeah, a couple things here. Uh, it, is a, it is a good question. Um, first of all, though, God really has made the world to run the uh, physiological uh, laws, biology, uh, physics, chemistry, what have you. Uh, so the weather patterns are all created by um, a number of factors, um, condensation, of course, precipitation, the, the winds and so on and so forth, the rotation of, Earth, of the Earth on its axis at the angle that it's on its axis and whatnot. So that God has set that up to run that way. Does that mean that God could not directly intervene and, and alter weather? Think about it. We, we're certainly trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly if we had much more power and brains, someday we probably will be able to do that. Now some would say maybe we're doing it in a negative sense now unintentionally. So I would say all things equal, the devil's not dealing with the weather. That's, that's something that God has left up to the mechanics, uh, the physiological mechanics that be. Uh, with, with, but, but there is a caveat here. There is a, or a, an exception. And that is in the book of Job, actually chapters 1, 2, uh, we see where God allowed the evil one to actually manipulate the right. weather. For example, the one where the windstorm came up and blew over the walls and it crushed Job's children. Uh, but that storm somehow the devil was able to control that. So what I want to be careful here is, so I believe that can happen in extremely rare 
circumstances. But I don't want to start blaming the weather on the devil. Uh, the, the weather, and it's being messed up, has to do with, with the laws of nature, but also since the fall, yeah, uh, I, I look at Romans 8 and 9, especially Romans 9, when it talks about all creation groans and waits for the day of redemption, right? Um, I, I think part of that is, some people ask sometimes, it comes up in the context of evil. They say, okay, okay, I understand uh, uh, moral evil uh, agents uh, like you know, human beings who commit atrocities or you know evil against other uh, beings or animals or what have you. I can even understand maybe uh, things like being born blind or what have you, physical. But but how you deal with natural e- or what appears to be natural evil? Things like earthquakes or or droughts or pestilence or or hurricanes or tornadoes or what have you. And and I would argue since the fall, the, the weather's messed up. God said basically. You think you can run things? You think you can become a god? Here, I'll let you try running the weather. Let's see how you do. I mean, think of it. A weather person is like the only person who can be wrong like over 50% of the time and still make six figures. I mean, come on. I mean, so, you know, we're constantly battling with the weather. Um, so it's really just run from the physical nature way God has set the world up. But, but, um, but at times he does intervene, and I would argue extremely rarely, extremely such with the, he allowed the devil. Uh, but I'm not going to blame, you know, Katrina or Harvey or Irma or whoever uh, on the devil. Because we want to be careful because it makes us look like we're just hyper-spiritual people who just see a demon on every rock and tree and are just simply not acknowledging science. And so the laws of nature, as such as they are, are ordained and governed by God, and those are the things He allows. All things equal to control um, things. You know, if you don't take care of your tires, you don't rotate them, you don't watch the tread on them, you're going to get a flat or you get a blowout. The devil didn't do it. Flip Wilson's not involved, or Geraldine. It, it has to do mm. with you simply we're not minding the mint, so to speak, minding the shop and taking care of your tires, and and it's just the, the nature of creation. Yeah, I can I can appreciate that PCH is like you know we we never want to get into that uh, flip Western theology like you said like you alluded to, but ladies and gentlemen again those type of questions come up you know you're going to deal with issues of life we uh, we get going through a lot of things in life and you know all throughout the Old Testament Craig I was just reading Ezekiel our God uses the weather for his you know for it's all for his glory and he talked about the hell storms mm-hmm. and the various things he's going to yeah. use in the la- in that day in the whatever it's the last day or whatever the day whatever that well, day sure. is. And there were battles where Israel was involved, oh, in, and sure. God caused them for the, for example, some of the armies had chariots were like the tanks of the day, mm-hmm. but God caused there to be what we would call flash floods, if you will, and they got stuck in the mud, and now all of a sudden their, their tanks were worthless. Yeah. Hey, speaking of helping out and doing things, I'll tell you what, I, I, I do want to interject if you guys don't mind. Oh, please uh, do, please you do. You know, going to India in under a month, actually three weeks, and uh, we'll be training uh, pastors and Christian leaders in our... Uh, training sessions, and I'm um, going to be graduating a class this year again. And then also I will be going to Myanmar um, and training uh, Christian leaders there as well. And, and this will be a first for me going there. Uh, I'm really excited about this. Think of the and, and by the way, if you've been watching the news, Myanmar's been, Myanmar's been going through a, some more turmoil. Yes. Uh, they've got some real issues over there. Um, but I've been going to be able to train leaders from uh, Myanmar. Uh, we've got around 25 right now. We're hoping to add a few more. Why? Because the, the finances have come in. I really want to thank our audience. Beautiful. Uh, Brian apprised uh, uh, me that we've raised about 1500 for that, and I'm just really excited because that means I can take over more materials. Uh, if, if you don't know, if you've not heard about this, 
Well, again, one more time, thank you so much, those of you who stepped up and were helping, because really you're involved. And I plan on sending Brian and Daryl a lot of the pictures and whatnot, and they can post them up on our website so you can see what we're doing. Um, but I'm just really excited and so thankful for God's people being faithful and helping us to do this. So it's really like you're going with me. You may never get to India or Myanmar. Not that many people do, <laughs> Myanmar especially. Um, but we're going to be training these folks. And you need to know, you're helping to pay for their food, their travel, lodging. Because uh, uh, let me just say the obvious. Hopefully it's obvious. We don't charge them. This is free. We do this for free. We go over there. It's our privilege. We have been given so much in America. And we want to show our love and gratitude for God and our love for our brothers and sisters. And for many of the unreached people, uh, a lot of them are in Myanmar and the areas I'm going to be going. Uh, you know, you hear these unreached people groups. Well, that's what we're doing. And we're... we're um, training leaders there who some speak as many as ten languages. Most of them speak four, five, six languages. That's mm. just normal. Um, and they, they can go places that I simply can't. And there are a lot. these guys are already in ministry. They already have dynamic, effective ministries. We just want to make them better equipped, give them more encouragement, more materials, uh, network them together with other believers to help them. So that's happening. I'll be leaving October 1st. And again, I'm just really excited about this. And so I'm coveting your prayers. I want to thank those who've donated financially. And you can still do that because we're going to spend the money over there. Amen. We're going to take it with us, and we're going to support these guys again by their food, lodging. And let me tell you, their food and lodging there, we're talking, it's really, really, it's minimal compared to here, but it still does cost money. And so the travel expenses and whatnot, you're supporting that. Those of you who've done that are going to do that. It literally is, I believe, before the Lord. It's like you're going with me. You're helping us do this. We're going to do it together, and we're going to post a lot of pictures because we want you to see this and see what we're talking about. And the people you're impacting, like our brother Ranji, who has an incredible heart for God. He was brought to the Lord, humanly speaking, through Pastor Mung. Oh, Pastor yes. Mung was, was, is, was discipled by others. Now Mung is heading up the, our training that we do in India. And, of course, they're not... Uh, by the way, we're not just training people from India. That'd be good enough. How many? 1.3, 4 billion, or at least 1.2, if not mm -hmm. two, 3 or 4 billion people. That's not too bad. But we have people coming from Bhutan, from Myanmar, from Nepal, from Bangladesh, uh, to get this training that we're doing. So, I mean, you're a part of this. I want to thank you so much. Again, covet your prayers, and uh, we'll be, I'll be uh, on, the, on the way there October 1st, and I'm just really excited about this. You know, with, with your excitement, Craig, I just want to let the people know that, look, don't stop giving. I'll say this because a lot of people don't even know this. I know we talk about 10% uh, and tithing and stuff like that on this broadcast, but in America, take advantage of the idea that you can give up to 50% of your income as a tax deduction on the federal side. Did you know that? Talk to your tax guy. You probably Everybody probably got a tax guy, no matter how much money you make. You need one with all these doggone rules. But you can actually give up to 50% of your, of your income to uh, charitable organizations. So am I telling you to send us 50%? No, I'm just letting you know some information if you didn't know that. And so, folks, listen, take advantage of uh, giving. Uh, you can give to this broadcast. You can give to the, the work that Craig talked about, and Brian's going to give you the information on how to give right now so we can get back to these phone calls and these questions. B. Yeah, and you made a good point, Daryl. Uh, we, we have two mission fields. We have the, the radio broadcast where we're giving answers to people's questions regarding their faith, the Bible, life, as you, as you said, Daryl, regarding with a biblical perspective. And, the, uh, and also for Professor Hawkins, um, 
you know, his uh, his mission where he where he was traveling throughout the world training pastors. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because when uh, when I see the stuff come in and, and it's something I've told them to do, but it, it's, you know, I tell them the professor's tripped and it's like. When you say trip, it seems like it's kind of like a vacation. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But, but <laughs> it's that. more than that, and I know, and I know what they mean. More because, than that, it's, <laughs> was there, is there a vacation part in that? <laughs> yeah, but but you know when I hear the word trip, but that's what I told yeah. the people to do, and I'm going to continue to to say that. So here's the thing: uh, if you're going to donate to the ministry, just send it in uh, as normal. Uh, if you want any part of that or uh, to go to the professor, just put on there the professor's trip like you have been doing. You've been doing a phenomenal job. Go to the website, okay? Go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com. Click on the link that says support and donate. And under where it says, you know, put in the amount, then where it says notes, just put in there for, for the professor's trip. Uh, and that'll do it. And same thing if you're going to... Um, uh, write a check or uh, send it in. Just make a little note on the check like you've done before, like you have been doing for the professor's trip. And you can mail it to uh, LBTW slash BIB. And that is at P.O. Box 90477. Am I right, Daryl? 90477, Los Angeles, California, 9009. That's 90009. And uh, you could do it that way, and that, and we'll definitely make sure the professor uh, gets those funds so that he can get all of his supplies and uh, stuff for, for, for his trip and for the ministry. And, Brian, if I heard you correctly, it definitely is P.O. Box 90477 in Los Angeles, 9009. 90009, I should there say. There you go. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. Uh, and let me just make sure you're clear about this. This is for the professor's trip. Not a vacation, not to the <laughs> professor, not getting paid. He's not going to make no more money than Brian. I would never pay him more than I pay Brian. Well, yes, I would if I was paying him all, and definitely no more than I would pay myself. And I'm not. I'm just jiving on that. We don't get any money for doing this ministry. I think we should get paid to a, to a large extent, but that's not what the issue is. The issue is that the money that you're giving goes directly to the source that we're saying, be it the radio broadcast and all the associated costs or trips like this that the professor is doing and the various things we're going to have for, uh, coming up in the future. So, ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of that. Uh, it's almost like storing up treasures in heaven where moth and dust will not corrupt. Well, well Craig made a good point. He said it's, it's like being there with him. Yes, exactly. And, and that's and exactly what This vicarious giving. I mean, it's, it's vicarious giving in all the various things. And listen, folks, I believe in maximizing uh, the giving dollars. If you have a job that uh, actually ma- does matching funds or if you are an employer that does matching funds, Take an opportunity to uh, check it on your employer and see if they will allow you to do a matching fund on that. Some employers actually double and sometimes triple uh, the money that you would give. I know my, my wife's uh, job used to do that. Uh, even a couple of my jobs used to do that way back in the day when I had a job. You know, So, ladies and gentlemen, take advantage of that, like I said, and then do what Brian said. Go to our website or send it in the mail. And, and I do want to see there, sure. I do want to say this. If you do give and support, well, thank you for those that have, sure. but if you do, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to tell you your visa bill is going to be wiped out either, okay? <laughs> there you and go. we're not promising you that. There okay? you go, there you go. Listen, let's go back to the phone calls. Jerry, hang in there, Michael and Santino. We're going to get to you, but first we're going to go to Lynn because we dropped her before. She's back on the line. Lynn, thanks for calling back in from Orange County. And Lynn, if you can turn down your radio so there won't be any feedback, I sure don't want to hear Brian or myself, our professor, more than once. Hi. Like I'm hearing now. <laughs> Hello, good evening to all of you. Yes, Lynn, how you doing, Lynn? Hello, good evening to all of you. I just like to ask you a question. Go right ahead, please. 
Lynn, you have to turn on your radio, please. Turn off your radio. I'd like to know if we will have memory. If we will have memory. Lynn, you're listening to yourself. We will have memory on earth when we when we meet the maker. I understand. Uh, let me let me let me put your question this way. I hope you got that radio off. You're asking a question: Are we going to have memories? And are you speaking about the good ones or the bad ones or both? Does it make a difference when we're in heaven? Are you asking about both good and bad memories or just uh, good? Okay, uh, Lynn, you have to turn off that radio now. We ask you that. So I think the question that we have on board here is that Lynn wants to know, PCH and Brian, will we remember the good times we had on Earth while we're in heaven? Well, we have every reason to believe we're going to remember a whole lot of things. I mean, think about it. Um, and Lynn's asking such a great question, so thank you, Lynn. It's very thoughtful. But um, you know, what good would this life have served us? What good will it accomplish? What purpose if we can't remember anything? And uh, we and why would we want to not remember the good things, the, the many incredible things that God has revealed and showed uh, to us? You know, in this life, so sure, uh, someone once said, look, I don't expect to be dumber in heaven than I am here. And so, yeah, God may not, we may not remember certain forms of suffering and whatnot that God will uh, allow us not to recall because of the pain and whatnot. That it right. Us. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's all kinds of great things and uh, memories with people and so on and so forth. But sure, by the grace of God, uh, indeed, we have every reason to believe we will remember those things. Sure, you bet. You know, and again, uh, Lynn, if you, you just, I'm sure you're still listening. I just put you on hold, Lynn. I'm going to bring you back on in a second. Uh, you know, Craig and Brian, when the uh, the rich man and Lazarus, uh, which I believe is not a parable, but I actually believe is a, a, a real life situation that Jesus was alluding to, it was saying that um, to the to the rich man, you had your good things. Lazarus had his bad things, but at the same time, he's making reference to the fact that there's some kind of memory, at least in that particular aspect of the uh, of, uh, yeah. of Gehenna. Right. Remember in and, your lifetime, and, right. and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go to Revelation 21 um, five, where it says. And um, um, uh, I'm sorry, 21.4, and like the professor said, you know, the, mem- the bad memories and the painful things, mm-hmm. I don't believe we're going to have, where Take it says, and he shall right. wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there should be no longer any death, there should no longer be any mourning or crying or pain, the, fr- uh, uh, the first things have passed away. So the negative and the bad things, the things that cause us sorrow and pain and suffering, uh, however he does it, he will do it. Uh, I don't. I don't believe we're going to have memory of that. Got you on that, Lynn. I hope that was helpful to you, Lynn. And I apologize. I have to put you on hold. But uh, when you guys call in, then thank you very much for your phone call. Okay. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Now, and ladies and gentlemen, just like Lynn, you can call in with your uh, open question, and we want to give you a biblical response if there is one. Call us at one triple eight LA Talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. You got Brian Allen, Professor Craig Hawkins. We call PCH. My name is Daryl Fulton, EZD. They also call me. Please give us a call at one triple eight LA Talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Or go to our website at Bible Info Brokers, and you can uh, click Contact Us, and you can also navigate through the uh, webpage as you're listening to the broadcast, and even send us a question by way of Facebook as well. Brian? You know, I want to piggyback on what you're saying, Daryl. You know, if you have a question and you're hesitant about calling, don't be. And and here's the reason why. One, you'll get your question answered, okay? But at the same time, uh, you know, 
it's going to help a lot of other people that are listening to the broadcast because a lot of times people have the same question and uh, they, they hesitate to call. But as you notice, when, when we answer questions, we have a wide variety of yes. different questions. And so not only does it you know get your questions answered, but it also helps the rest of the body because they hear the answer as well. You know, and that, that's just wonderful. As I, you know, I kind of go through this YouTube uh, stuff and the various things, and you can just type in a word, and you got a plethora, thousands and thousands and thousands of things come up. Craig, Brian, I, I happen to listen to some music on the on the YouTube, and I saw on 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 some on a musical thing on YouTube. They had over 17 billion hits. I'm talking about 17 billion hits. And then I put in there some I put in there some secular music, I put in there some gospel music. And I'm telling you guys, the word of God, even though we talked about it in the beginning, is is almost Craig, it's, it's like we 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 we're not we're not dealing with it. We're not being as creative as we used to be back in the day. All the great hymns uh, of the day and uh, back in the day and everything. It seems like the world is infiltrating the church more so than the church is infiltrating the world with the gospel. And uh, that being the case, guys, we we have to step up our game. And I hope that this is this this radio broadcast, this uh, the, the the things that we're doing with Bible Information Brokers, is a testament that many more things can be done, uh, Craig. And we should be inundating and should be affecting the world that we live in. Guys, one triple eight is the number. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven is the number. You can call in with your open honest question or go to our website at Bible Info Brokers and join in on the live broadcast, guys. Let's go to Jerry in the city of South El Monte. Jerry, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hello, guys. How you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. Hey, Hello, Jerry. Craig. I tried to send you guys two checks, two different mail. To the same address your P.O. box got rejected. What? No, Brian, get, get in your car. Go get those checks now. No, I'm just kidding. No, it says not deliverable to address. Okay, we got a debt. Well, I just, I just went to the, the post office and I just got and the whole And we, we'll give the P.O. box What's again. What's wrong with a box? Or, I, don't know, I don't know. But my question mm -hmm. is what you just announced. How do you explain Amos uh, chapter 8, 11 to 13? Okay, if you have it available, why don't you go ahead and read it? If not, we can bring it up here. Amos, what was the the address again? It's a famine word. Fam huh? What was the address? Amos what? Ed, Amos chapter eight, mm -hmm. verses eleven to thirteen. Okay. Uh, let me see if I can read it to you guys here. Um, I'll read it for the uh, New American Standard Bible, uh, if it's if I could. Uh, let's see. I'm there. So. Go ahead, read it, Craig. Please do. Um, yeah, sir, in verse 11, the days are coming, declares the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or of uh, thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that what, what's going on there is, is that uh, there's a principle, you, you can't mock God, you don't mock God, and so... When people despise the things of God, sometimes God simply hides those things from them. And so he gives them over, we would say, sometimes to their desires or lack of desires. And so when there has been a despising of the Word of God and an ignoring of the Word of God, that can indeed result in a, in a famine of the Word of God. And there's various ways to interpret this or ways this is possibly fulfilled, but some of this can actually be it's right in front of them, but they don't, keyword again, appropriate it. They don't appropriate it. Um, 
because they don't appreciate it. I mean, sometimes, think of it, you don't even really appreciate water until you're really parched mm-hmm. with thirst. If you go hiking out in the desert or something like that, you go, wow, you know, you really appreciate water. So I think that's one way. But another way is, is that I think, personally, this is also related to false teachers, and that is when people will just accept any dribble, when people will accept anything in the name of God and any possible interpretation that really is a misinterpretation, a misapplication, a misreading of the Word of God, then false teachers proliferate, and therefore there is a famine of the Word of God, and that is of a sound teaching of it. And it's not just the Word of God, but it's the sound teaching of it, not distorting it. You remember, you know, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, right, Jerry? The devil doesn't tempt Jesus with, you know, Greek philosophers or what have you. Um, He tempts them with the Word of God, but the Word of God taken out of context. The Word of God misquoted, misapplied. And so I think that's part of the danger we're talking about here. Again, sometimes when... When people do not support sound ministries, when they will not listen to sound, godly Bible teachers, but give heed to uh, the, the silliness and the nonsense that's out there, then that, of course, just causes more of that to be out there, because people can get money off of that, make, make a killing off of that, making merchandise of God's people, and or they're just, there's no value in, the, in a solid, whole, sound teaching of the Word of God, which mm. results in a famine of the Word. Second yeah. Timothy uh, warns about that. My my question is: uh, Can a believer make stumble and and uh, is that person uh, always been a believer in the Word of God or just listening to uh, you know to to the words even if it's out of context and take it in? So this this uh, uh, so-called believer will stumble and not even know it. You know, you know when you when you talk about that, Jerry, it makes me think of uh, uh, Matthew. Uh, 24 24 it says for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead if possible even the elect but we also have to look at first Thessalonians 5 21 it says test all things hold fast to that which is true and what are we tested by we tested by the word of God so yes I do believe believers can stumble and will stumble uh, because of false teachers I look at people in the word faith movement I'm not saying they're not saved I'm some I'm sure are and some are not I look at people that are in uh, some of the uh, cults. Uh, so uh, there are non-believers that are, are in these uh, uh, groups that uh, don't hold to the true gospel. Uh, but there are Christians, too, that also stumble because they go under this false teaching. Uh, because, again, they're not doing what First Thessalonians 5.21 teaches them to do. Uh, but a lot of times, in, and even on our radio show, you hear people that, you know, they, they heard their pastor and their pastor said this, and just something inside of them just told them, which was the Holy Spirit, that um, uh, something's not right. And so, you know, they, they will call in and they, they have questions about it. So uh, by all means, believers will stumble uh, because of false teachers. So this 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 uh, this phrase that says uh, all are called but not all are saved that's going to hold true in the end, huh? You know what? When, when Many are called, few are chosen. Is that what you're speaking of? Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a number of issues there, Jerry, and we can come back to that. But I want to finish up on this first thought. You know, and I don't think it's hyperbole. By the way, do you remember the old Star Wars series? Remember Luke Skywalker kept losing his lightsaber, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And at one time, one time, one of the guys says to him, "You know, you know, basically, this is your life. You're you're a Jedi. You have to, this is your life. You can't be misplacing this. You can't be misusing that." Now, of course, that's fiction. 
But the Word of God is very clear on the power, power and the importance of the Word. Uh, for example, of course, the definitive passage would be in Deuteronomy chapter 8, where he says, for example, in verse 3 of Deuteronomy 8, referring to God, it says, He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known. What to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, of course, Jesus himself said, you know, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall never pass away. Real quickly as well, just two more passages. And I think this is the problem. People, Christians, don't take the word of God seriously. They don't teach, take the teaching of it seriously. They're willing to listen just about anybody, and some people just really make mincemeat of Scripture. Uh, they do not handle it correctly. They do not rightly interpret it. But look at look what, what Moses says. This is written towards the very end of his life, right? The end of Deuteronomy, the last book of the, of the Pentateuch, first five books, almost the last chapter, getting close to that. And what does it tell us? Uh, Moses says, and I quote, he says, um, he says, uh, end of 46b, take to heart all of chapter 32 of Deuteronomy, take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you can command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you, they are your life. Uh, the word of God is is literally just as, and the point is, just as God fed Israel literally with manna, and without it they would have died, they would have perished physically, so the believer becomes anemic and will die, uh, and, and if you will, spiritually speaking, will be famished if they don't feed upon the Word of God. And I, and I, I referenced this passage earlier, but I want to quote it quickly. One, that's not just the Old Testament teaching. What does John tell us? What is the strength of the believer? Where does the Christian, can I think of, I think of Popeye and his spinach. What's the spinach of the believer? What helps a Christian be strong? It's one of what's called the means of grace. And we're told, for example, in 1 John chapter 2, he says, among other things, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, your children, because you have known the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And he says, I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Now, the Greek text is much clearer. That English doesn't really do it justice. It's actually, I write to young men, or people in, in God, because you are strong, because, if you will, since the word of God lives in you. The power of the believer is rightly wielding the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Not flaying people, not just, you know, going crazy with it. Hmm. I think of people like, uh, uh, I did martial arts for years, and my boys do, and whatnot, and people who not, are not very good nunchucks, they often end up hurting themselves. Hmm. You start flailing those things around, you can actually knock your... I've seen people knock themselves out uh, with them They're because they're not careful, really hurting themselves. But rightly, properly, effectively, powerfully wielding the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, but the Church doesn't really believe that. We want gizmos, we want programs, we want, well, if this program worked in Texas or Louisiana or somewhere, so it'll work here. Here's the program, here's the... Th here, we just do we this. we got 30 seconds, BCH. It's, no, stay with the teaching of the Word of God. Mm. You know what, hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming up to a hard break. Jerry, that's an excellent question that you uh, posed, and we appreciate your call, brother. 
All right. Thank you. God bless. God bless you as well. Thank Ladies you. and gentlemen, just like Professor was dealing with Jerry's issues, just like we were talking about the Word of God and how it comes up, listen, if you have a question, give us a call at one triple eight la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Hey, Dan. Hey, hang in there. Tammy, Santino, Ken, Ann, we see you online. We're going to get your calls momentarily, but we're going to take a break right now and be back with more Bible Information Brokers.